My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. My special guest of the day is Nitsan Ryder, and we met on Instagram a while back. I've been meaning to have her on the show. She is a businesswoman, an influencer. She's incredibly inspiring and just so good at sharing a inspirational life. And I wanted to have her on and uh, introduce her to you guys. So welcome, Nitsan. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So I want to first start this episode with hearing about your story, because from what people see of you online, you're a beautiful, successful, inspiring woman, and you have a great audience online. And you really, it really seems like you just have built this beautiful life for yourself. So how did you do it? Were you always this way? Were you always clear on what you wanted out of your future? And maybe just give us a little bit of backstory on how you became who you are right now. Sure. Well, thank you. And it definitely, um, I guess, did I always know this is what I wanted to do? The answer is no. I actually got into, I guess, even blogging to begin with through my university. So I went to Schulich, the Schulich School of Business, sorry, um, here in Toronto after high school. Um, and there I realized I just loved marketing so much. We were like trying all the different courses. There were accounting courses. And finally, there was an intro to marketing course. And I found or felt like I just like found you know, my calling. I started raising my hands more in class. Um, I truly loved it so much. So I decided to take all marketing courses for my last two years of my program. And through one of those courses, an entertainment marketing course, the term project was actually to start a blog. Um, So with that, you know, came Beauty Be Written, which is really how I started. That was the name of my blog at the time. And one thing kind of led to another. I was more so focused on beauty at the time, hence the name of the blog. Um, I worked, I had a nine to five full-time job as a marketing manager at a Canadian beauty brand and was just kind of growing my socials on the side as a hobby and eventually got to a point where I felt like I needed to take a chance on myself. The industry was growing. I just really felt it in my gut that it was my time to kind of take that leap of faith. Um, And that was four years ago. So I didn't always know. I didn't always have this plan, but life just has a funny way of working out. Wow. That's that's such a natural evolution being marketing manager and having your own brand. And then you've recently launched products, Mind Your Business. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. I'm actually, I was just thinking this morning when I was writing what I want to do for the day, I was like, I need to buy one of your journals because I have my big my big notebook that I write everything in, but I don't actually have like a small planner and I love to write. So I was just thinking I need to buy one of Nitsan's journals. So tell me about get your you one. <laughs> okay. I need to get you one. One's going to come happy, your way. I'm happy to support too, but how did you come <laughs> up with the concept, the idea, and you have online courses as well? Like tell us a bit about that and how that naturally came about. Yeah, for sure. So 
I am a full-time content creator. That's what I've been doing for the last four years. Um, But Mind Your Business is the name of my startup that really started from recognizing a gap in the market for creator education. So becoming a full-time content creator, there was nowhere for me back then to Google how much to charge for my content. Um, You know, how do I reach out to brands? How do I negotiate? What's a media kit? What the heck is an invoice? Like, there's nowhere to get that information. So after receiving so many questions over the last few years about how I did this all and how I keep growing my business, I realized, you know what, no one's talking about this stuff. I feel like I can really help girls feel empowered and take their social medias and turn it into their businesses. Let me launch a course, um, an online course. So that is where Mind Your Business was born, just from wanting to give or put power back into the hands of creators through education. Um, So that launched in January of 2021. um, And it was just crazy. I was so nervous about launching my first ever business or product. And the demand was just insane. I didn't even know how much people really wanted this information and really found so much value in a course like this. Um, And that's just been my little baby ever since. And recently this January in 2022, we launched the Mind Your Business Planner, which is an undated weekly planner. And that just felt like the natural next step for me. I'm so type A. I love making lists. I'm super organized. And I've tried every like notebook, journal, and system in the game. And I've never found one that kept me empowered, um, one that I stuck to, one that the template made sense with my lifestyle and gave me just the flexibility I needed. So I decided to make one. Um, and it has all these really fun elements like a brain dump, um, you know, a place to set goals, a habit tracker, a daily schedule, a place to establish your priorities, just really the ultimate planner, whether you're a creator, a creative, you know, a student, or even, you know, a working mom, it's just the ultimate planner to take control of your life and actualize your goals. I love this. And you know, it's funny, I kind of did a similar thing when, because I've always just like had my Instagram and done social media stuff. And when I lived in London, I was like on a show. So I kind of just was trying to always just build some sort of, uh, you know, income beyond brand partnerships. And because that's really what I relied on myself for for years. So I launched courses back in the day. Now they don't exist anymore. And I kind of turned everything into superhuman, everything that I teach. And it kind of just evolved that way. But when I first started doing my own digital products, I was so excited because it felt finally like it was in my own control, my own hands. So, you know, it's just the natural evolution for a lot of people in this space, I think. And it's really the smartest move because as much as we love, you know, working with brands, I think it, it's just each month can be different and there's just not a lot of stability in it. And I think a lot of people in the influencer space get worried and anxious about things changing or brands stopping their contracts or just like not having that consistency. So starting your own thing and even just testing out the market with this online course and then building from there. I think it's just such a smart move from a business perspective. I appreciate that. Thank you. I I didn't even, honestly, I didn't ever think that this would even become a business. It just kind of happened. It was a passion project I worked on for over a year, poured my heart, soul, and everything I could possibly know, all the secrets and the strategies of how to turn your social media into your business, into a course. And just, I guess the demand for it. I don't know if you could hear that. (laughs) It's okay. And, And I guess just the demand for it naturally turned it into, you know, a new business of mine, but similar to what you said, I've been thinking for a long time or knew for a long time, I wanted to do something more than just create content. And there's this whole aspect of 
you know, measuring your worth with your engagement and your followers and just like numbers on social media. And I knew that I needed something else, even for just like my mental health, where I could get, you know, like, and I don't want to say value, but something that I was passionate about and could give me that, you know, feeling of excitement. And like, I created something and I'm not just numbers. Like I have this thing that I built for myself that's in my control. It's not up to brands wanting to work with me. It's not up to, you know, how my post performs and it just naturally became mind your business. Yeah. I, I really resonate with that. The same thing kind of happened with superhuman. Cause I, just was really over Instagram at one point a year or two ago. And I, I just wanted to start my own thing. So I totally resonate with that. Um, so what's next, like, what's like the big goal with, with all of this, do you have like something that you want to launch next or what's the the vision? I'd love to know just a bit about that. If you, if you know it, if not, yeah. <laughs> I, know sometimes I don't mean, <laughs> my team and I have been working for a long time trying to figure out, well, what's next? Because as a small business, you have only so much bandwidth to work on things at a time. And when something's even successful, like the planner that's sold out, I didn't even foresee that happening. So it was all hands on deck. Let's create more planners. You know, that when that project was done, it's like, okay, well, what's next for the course? What's next for Mind Your Business? So we're at a place now where I'm very excited about the future and we have some amazing things in the pipeline that I can't fully talk about yet, but just more of what people want um, that we're working on this year that will come this year and also in the year to follow. And it's just super exciting. I think um, my favorite part is just making sure that the brand delivers to our ultimate target, which is content creators, what they want and what they need. Um, and with that, that's kind of where we're going in the future. Cool. Love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're recently married. I want to talk about that. So yes. you've been with your <laughs> husband for a long time. Tell us about married life. I want to know all, like, has it shifted something with, for you both? Like how, how has that kind of changed things? I, I'm so interested. We've been together at this point, I want to say we're on our ninth year. So it's been a long time. He actually proposed on our seven year anniversary, just two days before that. Um, And we've been together for a long time. So when people always ask me like, how's married life? You know, what, is there a big change? I always used to say, well, no, like we've lived together um, for almost two years before we got married. We've been together for so long that I think marriage to me, ultimately is like a commitment you make in your mind. Um, It's not a piece of paper that's going to make you committed to each other. It's just a mindset. And we've had that mindset for a long time. So we kind of felt like we were married, I guess you could say, but now being fully, it's crazy to say like almost six months into being married, um, it definitely changes some things. I think my values in life have been altered where I really value just family time and just time together and really thinking about what our future looks like, where we want to live, what kind of, you know, just everything, what kind of lifestyle do we want to have? Um, and even like more questions about like kids in the future. And I'm currently dying to get a puppy, like dying to convince Josh that you want to get a puppy. And that's such a like married wife thing for me to want right now. So I just think it, it does shift things, but in a really nice way that kind of help me step into a more mature me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. What kind of puppy do you want? Okay. Well, (laughs) I think (laughs) I've always wanted, I've always said like cockapoo or like some type of like poodle mix. Now I'm really set on the cavapoo, but we're still doing our research to find a breed that fits our lifestyle. Um, All I do is 
watch puppy videos on TikTok. I literally fall asleep to that every night. No, it's me like too, my, honestly. It's my meditation. Yeah. Um, but I think a cat would poop. And hopefully it's on my vision board for this year. So I'm, my vision board hasn't done me wrong. So I'm hoping it actually happens this year. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm, we're in the same, the same place. I want to do some traveling in uh, at the end of the year for a couple months. But then after that, we're set. We're getting an English Cocker Spaniel. That's what we're getting. So exciting. They're really cute. Um, yeah. So that's, that's amazing. And then, um, you said vision board. Let's talk about that. Cause how much do you think personal development and being clear on what you want for your future has affected the outcome that you've created in your life? Cause a lot of people don't understand the power that I, you know, I'm a huge believer in it. I'd love to know how much it's affected you and some of those routines that you have to continue hitting goals. Um, I think vision boards impacted my life drastically to a point where I didn't know they hold that much power growing up. My mom has always taught me about like the power of the universe and the secret. I think she watched the movie like way back when I think I was still in elementary school and my mom always instilled in me this, um, notion of you can do whatever you set your mind to. And a part of that is manifesting what you want into your life. I have like a really vivid memory of my mom and I cutting up magazines and her like pasting them on the inside of our kitchen cupboard of the type of house she wants and just like, you know, manifesting for her life. And I remember thinking that was so cool. And I think when I quit my nine to five was Okay. I think when I, when I quit my nine to five was the first year that I fully made a vision board. And I think something in me was just calling for me to put what I wanted visually down on a paper where I can see it and fully take control of my life with this idea of, you know what, I'm going for what I want. And I put it, whether it was like on a Bristol board, I think the first year, and then I started making them digitally so I can put them as the background of my phone and my computer, because I know you have to kind of always see your vision board for it to be in your mind and actually manifest what you want. And a year later, I pulled it up and I was starting to look at what I had on my vision board and trying to see, you know, did this come true? Did something similar come true? And it was just crazy. So I just, sometimes it works out in a way where you manifest one thing with a photo, but it actually attracts something else that the photo brings on in your life, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, mean, I had a, a wedding band or an engagement ring on my 2020 or 2019 vision board. And it literally happened within that year. So that's just one example, <laughs> but I think they have, they hold so much power. Like your mind holds so much power. So much power. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy because it's just these little things. I don't know if like what those little things that you do throughout the day, even obviously having your vision board and what you want in full view at all times. But it's just, it's, it's these tiny little adjustments. I feel that when we make them in our day, everything changes over time. And a lot of people feel like it's this big dramatic thing that needs to happen for your life to change. And what I've learned is that it's really not. It's just the accumulation of all these small little things. And you look back and it's this radical change. What are the small things that you do daily that improve your life, whether it's health, mindset, um, you know, like mental health, whatever it is, I'd, I'd love, love to know those small habits that you consistently do. Mm. 
I mean, I've really started to focus on my morning routine, especially this year since January. Obviously, in the new year, you set new goals and just habits you want to implement. And a big one for me was having a morning routine. Um, I feel like that's where I get a little bit of control in my day, even if it's the little things. Um, I have to say, I love the Superhuman app. It truly, and I'm not even just saying this because it's your podcast and you're right here, but it truly I want to say it changed my life. I know that's very dramatic, but it is so amazing. And I've wanted to get into meditating for so long. And I've tried a lot of different apps and I never found something that clicked. It almost always felt like this pressure to be completely still and completely not think of anything. And then my mind starts racing. And then I'm wondering how long it's been and what happened on my phone and on my emails during this time. It was really hard for me to connect. And I've been using the app almost every morning. I'm getting better. I'm tracking my habits, but I absolutely love it. I think your approach to just like manifestation and affirmation is amazing. And it makes me feel so, so good. It changes my whole day when I listen to it in the morning. I did a walk in meditation this morning. I no, I have to say it truly, (laughs) truly changed my year so far for the better. I absolutely love it. So that's a little thing that I do. Um, I'm working on it every morning on weekends. I tend to forget, but the days that I do, it's amazing. Thank you. I just want to say before you continue, I I appreciate this so much. And any feedback you ever have to just like, let me know any meditation requests that you have, like, let me know. I'm constantly trying to make it better. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's been huge to to put so much investment into, but the payoff I feel is now just starting to show because it, it's now the time since we've launched where people are actually starting to notice like an insane change. And um, like you said, it really only takes like two minutes in the morning or three minutes in the morning to do. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really thankful that that you love them. Thank you. Yeah, it's just so unique because I love that you have walking meditations and you have like the getting ready and just like even about different themes or things you're going through that, you know, just by the title of the meditation, I'm like, oh, this is the one for me today. So it's just so unique, but I love it. So that's one, <laughs> one little thing that I do. Um, I have journaled in the past, something like the five minute journal, just like mm-hmm. counting my blessings in the morning and recapping, you know, something positive that happened in my day. Um, I loved, you know, just gratitude for me is a really big thing that I focus on every day. So it was important for me to even have that in the mind your business planner, where I have the highlight of the day at the end of the day. And one thing you're grateful for at the start of your work day, just to kind of remind you of what's really important in life and, you know, shift your priorities. Um, but otherwise I've also just made it a priority to try and turn off before bed and not work until I'm like literally closing my eyes, like sending a last minute email, like 1130 PM or like, you know, catching up in front of the TV, just really making time for myself has been really impactful, um, for me to feel better. And then I have more time to just like manifest and think of what I want, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And, um, so something I actually wanted to ask you about too, because you live with your, your, I was going to say partner, but your husband, Mm -hmm. I need to start using the word your husband. Um, (laughs) you, you live with your husband and you have for a while. I've lived with Ben, my boyfriend for two years now too. Do you feel like, like you guys do healthy routines together or it's more like your own thing? Cause with me and Ben, it's very much so our own thing. And I have so many people ask me like, what, what do you do when you live with someone and you just want to like, you know, kind of follow what they're doing at the same time. So how do you kind of navigate that balance of you having your own thing, him having his own thing, or do you do it together? 
That's such a great question because it can go both ways for us. I think I'm very fortunate that Josh is someone who also takes a lot of pride and just the way he lives his life. So he's really big on his morning routine. And we both really made it a priority for us just this year where we really wanted to just take control of our lives and realize that, you know, life is short. We, if we want to be happy, we need to take steps to be able to live that way. So thankfully he's really big on morning routines where if he'll wake up early, that gets me out of bed because, you know, I see he's up and I just have FOMO, like his day is starting. I want to get up. I want to be productive. And I just love doing things together. My love language is quality time. So I'm the type of person that's like, Oh, let's go on a walk together. Let's go to the gym together. Let's, you know, meditate together. And he's just like, you got to chill. Um, so <laughs> in that sense, when he's up, I'm up, but at the same time, if one of us has a bad day or in the sense of like, he's feeling lazy, went to bed too late, it does affect the other person. So if Josh stays in bed, it is really hard for me to truly get up early and get on with my morning routine. Unless I have like a call time or like an important meeting, it just like drags me down. So we both try to motivate each other. Um, And I guess our morning routines do overlap in the sense whereas if he like meditates or journals, I kind of do that at the same time or like I take my like morning vitamins and if we work out, it also overlaps. Um, So I guess we're lucky in that sense, but I mean, I'm trying to do also more independent things within my routine. I think time for yourself is really important. So taking a walk alone sometimes as opposed to always walking together and just like being there with my thoughts and, you know, just being there with myself is really important too. So I try to do more of that. Yeah, that's a great answer. I feel the same. Like I often Mm -hmm. wake up earlier than Ben actually, but it's really hard. And I've been sleeping in a bit recently because it's just very yeah. cozy in the morning when you're just like, you know, with your, with your loved one. Especially um, in the winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the we winter don't get that in Toronto here. is tough. <laughs> I know. In Toronto, it's like still dark at like 7 a.m. And it's so cold. And the last thing you want to do is get up. But Oh, my gosh. Well, you never that. regret it. I don't miss that. Yeah. I can't believe we have never met. We were both born and raised in Toronto. I know. I know. I've been here for a very long time now. Well, I'm actually born, I was born in Israel. So I moved to Toronto when I was eight, but that was a long time ago. So I've been here for a long time. (laughs) I've been dying to visit Israel. Honestly, it's one of the top places on my list of places. My favorite place in the world. (laughs) Is the food there just like out of control? Don't even get me started. I literally go there for my family and for the food because the food is just so like, so amazing. They take anything to the next level. Like even with sushi in Israel, you just get like 10 different types of dipping sauces, which like to each their own. But I personally love dipping sauces. So (laughs) for me, sushi in Israel is bomb. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So before we wrap up the last kind of topic I want to talk about, a lot of people here listening are maybe trying to grow their audience online. Um, You know, we have a lot of women uh, in their kind of late twenties, thirties that, that listen to the show. And I often get questions about this, you know, whether it's having guests on that can teach growing a following online or talk about the climate that we're currently in with all the different algorithms and TikTok and Instagram and everything's confusing for a lot of people. We know that you have your course, um, and everyone listening, I'm sure will be totally interested in signing up, but I want to know what are your top kind of thoughts on growing a following in today's world where there are so many different platforms, so many 
weird algorithms and feel so limiting for a lot of us. What are your top growth tips and and tricks to to become um, a social media you know influencer? I think that's a great question because I often get this question a lot. Like, is it too late to start now? The industry is so saturated. It's so hard to grow. And while it's saturated and yes, while the algorithms are changing, all you can really do is just focus on yourself, your content, and just your passion for what you do. Because a lot of the time, you know, people kind of go into this thinking that they're going to grow really fast and start making lots of money and get all these opportunities. And it really is a slow road to success. And you really have to, it all goes back to your passion for creating content and your love for, you know, sharing yourself with your online community that keeps you going when things are slower and things are tough, especially in the beginning. And the really one way to stand out today more than ever is just being yourself. Authenticity is so important today. People see right through ads and right through, you know, anything. People just want to get to know you. They want to know your personality, your quirks. Um, they want you to take them throughout their day. Personally, I could do even a better job at like storing and sharing my life because I'm always like, I always get imposter syndrome of like, well, who really cares about what I'm eating for lunch or like what I think about this. But from the outside, people do care. People just want to get to know you and connect with you. And the only way to do that is to just be yourself. Yeah. And be genuine. I think the number one thing that I see is people trying to do it for the wrong reasons. Like it's so hard to grow if Mm -hmm. it's just to gain followers for ego. Like it doesn't really work that way. I think um, that's, that's the number one tip that I would say is like, just do it for the right reasons. And it's really not as easy as it looks like I'm sure you can attest to that. Like it's not as easy as it looks at all. Yeah. But even like you said, for your ego, I feel like it's so important to go into this and know to separate the numbers from how you perceive yourself and your success because success, success, sorry, because success can mean so many different things to so many different people. And you just can't associate it with your likes and your followers and your engagement and your reach. That's all numbers that have no actual value in the real life. And what really matters in life is just your passion for what you do, loving what you do and just having fun with it. Yeah. So is that how you would, how would you describe your most successful life? I'd actually love to hear this because I've come to a similar realization recently where I kind of used to feel like success meant something that I don't feel like it is now. And yeah. Well, what do you define your own success as? Me too. I agree with you because I recently saw a quote, I think it was like on Pinterest or something. And it said what success used to mean or what people think success means, which is like a big house, lots of money, you know, really cool perks in life. And what success could mean to you is work-life balance, time with your family, being comfortable, you know, being happy. I think that is how I define success. It's not really about any like monetary or number goal. It's just really how I feel about myself, the type of life that I lead. If I'm ever too busy to hang out with like my parents or my grandmother, that success is not worth it to me. And that's a recent realization of, you know, what really matters to you in life. And yes, you want to do an amazing job and you want to lead a comfortable life and you have this passion and this business you want to grow, but it doesn't have to come at all costs because I think there's this almost like preconceived notion that the most successful people in life have no work-life balance and all they do is work and success is nothing if you have no one to share it with. So that's kind of my perspective on it. 
Yeah, I you need to read this book that I actually just finished. It's like it's a memoir from the guy that uh, created Nike. It's called Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Uh, okay. It's so good. You need to read it. it I was actually I, someone gave it to me years ago, and I just sat down to read it, and I read it in three days, and it was wow. his whole crazy success story creating Nike, and it was a really cool book to read as an entrepreneur, and you know I this is what kind of shifted my perspective actually. Like it was reading this book because he shares his deep, intense entrepreneurial journey of creating this multi-billion dollar company. And, you know, he, he shares everything, the highs and lows, how incredibly stressful it is running a huge business. The bigger you get, the more people want to tear you down, the more lawsuits, you know, like it's just like constantly Mm -hmm. stress, stress, stress. And he had a family and, you know, he, like he's, you know, he had his wife and his two kids and one of his sons died, um, in an accident. And he just like regrets not spending more time with him and like looking back on his life. Yeah. He's worth tens of billions of dollars, but you know, and he wouldn't change like, you know, the experience he had, but he also goes, he, he really wishes that he had spent more time just being with the people he loves and, and not, you know, taking all these intense things that happen in the business so close to his heart, but it's hard when business is your baby, but it's just, it was a really crazy book and really showed the journey of entrepreneurship in a, in a really big way. Um, cause you know, now he's in his like eighties or something and he wrote this memoir and it's like, Whoa, this is just wild. So I'd love to read that. So interesting. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was, you know, a few days ago when I was reading the book, stressing about some thing happening with my business um, behind the scenes. And, um, and I was just like, this happens with every business. Like these, when the bigger you get, the more people want to like try to take from you and, and F you up. And it's just like, I was starting to feel like that stress was taking over my whole world and mm-hmm. separating myself from the business mentally the past few days, even just reading this book has just really helped. So yes, to answer your question, I or to add to that, I feel the same about the success thing. It's like, you know, it's my mental health is more important, I think. Yeah. I know. Sure. (laughs) And I think too, if there's something you we learned over the last couple of years with COVID and everything is to never take your health for granted. And as much as your issues and your stresses right now, whether it's business or your personal life seems so big, it's going to mean nothing if it was like a health concern or like, you know what I mean? Something that has to do with a loved one, like those problems become so much smaller and insignificant. So I try to remind myself of that, that every problem, there's a solution and it's just a part of the journey. And at the end of the day, it's really not life or death. As long as it's not your health and you're healthy and you're happy and you have a roof over your head and food on the table, you are so good. Yeah. And well, I think that sounds is, really cheesy, but that's genuinely no, what I tell myself in situations where I'm like super stressed. It doesn't sound cheesy. And if it sounds cheesy to someone listening, then like, you know, maybe they can frame it in a different way for themselves that that the core Mm -hmm. part of what you're saying, it just, it really resonates true. And the more that you go through life with this mentality, the happier you'll be like people, if they think it's cheesy, if they think, you know, a lot of people tell me that my work is cheesy, I'm motivating, I'm trying to help you create and manifest your like, I don't see it as that because it, it really works. But 
you know, why are people so scared to be cheesy? Right? If it, why is cheesy a bad word? Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. I think it's you're right. Romanticizing it all. Yeah, yeah, and also I love cheese <laughs> in terms of like the actual food. <laughs> cheese is great. So <laughs> I love cheese. It's the one thing I can never love give it. up. I'm a cheese girl too. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what kind of cheese is your favorite cheese? We could end off with that question. <laughs> Honestly, feta. Feta always takes the cake. It's just good alone. It's good with things. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a cheddar girl, but I can appreciate it. No, I think it's better when it comes to cheese. Okay, yes. I couldn't agree more, but try (laughs) sharp cheddar slices with honey crisp apple. Okay. Just try it. It sounds weird. Just try it. You know what? What, Any any cheese with honey is so good, too. Okay, yeah. we're like, I'm taking it too far, but <laughs> no, yes, we I love agree. our cheese. <laughs> <laughs> we love our cheese. Okay, on that note, how can everyone find you, find Mind Your Business, buy your journal, buy your courses, find you on Instagram, let everyone know where they can get in touch. Okay, well, my Instagram is just my name, Nitsan Raider. That's N-I-T-S-A-N-R-A-I-T-E-R. Everything is truly linked on my Instagram bio as well. There's the Mind Your Business official Instagram page. Through there, you can find the course and the planner. And then otherwise, all my socials are also my name. So pretty easy if you get the spelling right. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me.